0: Hi there podcast fans. We're here with Barbara Bray, your favorite podcast host. Hello there, Mom. Oh,
1: <laughs> hi Andrew. I just love when we get together like this. Me too. Yeah, it's really fun. And uh we've been doing a lot of talking about uh the you know everything that's going on in the world and it, it's nice when we can at least just kind of touch base.
0: Well, it's you know, it's nice to be able to be okay venting together and trusting that doesn't mean that that's what our life is relegated to uh, is is a little bit refreshing. It's a little bit freeing. And then it's easier for me to just see how your face lightens up and it helps me lighten my face up. And I think that is probably one of the things that you can't really commoditize, like, what is Barbara Bray good at? Well, she's really good at really brightening your own day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's not about money. It's yeah. and, and, and you know what's really nice is that, you know, some people are Zoomed out. But if that's the only way I can really have these conversations with you and see you and then collect, you know, we, we have our voices that, that people can see. But just let you know. We're smiling big while we're talking. Um and and the other thing is is that I mean this is our excuse to get together. It's nice.
0: Yeah. It's one of the things that I I didn't realize I could have been really concerned about, which is, you know, working with family and any kind of obstacles that could have been in the way, but you're right. This is this is an excuse to hang out. The the work we do is it is a is a reason to connect with family. So, I'm feeling pretty blessed.
1: Ah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's makes me feel good. I love it. You brighten my day. <laughs>
0: Thanks. Well, tell us a little bit about um our upcoming conversation that we're going to listen to.
1: Oh, way to you here about Naomi Toland. Oh my gosh, I mean, every time I talk to Naomi, I I end up. First, I don't understand her because she's from Ireland and she has this brogue, but I, but now I'm getting used to it. And I just want to talk to her all the time. And she does a thing called Empathetic Educators. So she put on a conference and I was part of it. She had me on her podcast. She has her own, she has several podcasts and uh, she keeps moving around. When I met her, she was in Japan and now she's back in New Zealand. She, I mean, she's just, She's from Ireland, New Zealand, Japan, wherever, I don't know, but we always find her. And uh, she's amazing, just amazing. I can't wait till you listen to her story.
0: I'm so glad. Everybody stay tuned to the exciting adventures of Barbara Bray and Naomi Toland having a great conversation.
1: <laughs> I had to go to all the way to New Zealand. To get this amazing person to be on my show, I love her so much. I'm so glad you're here, Naomi.
2: Thank you so much for welcoming me on. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Naomi,
1: I I love it. I was on your show, and it was so fun. And we were talking, and I just, you know, I, it's like I've known you forever because you talk about empathy. You just made me feel so good. Okay, I'm gonna make you feel good. I'm gonna boast about you a little bit oh dear (laughs) (laughs) okay I want my audience to know you Naomi Tolan started empathetic educators and spent the last six years teaching in different countries and researching a variety of areas such as nutrition neuroscience and psychology through the lens of education oh my goodness
2: really I love it. They're my favorite three topics almost. (laughs) Love those topics. Yeah. Very, very, very excited about talking about them today. I can't I can't wait. In fact, you told me that
1: you these topics help us communicate, challenge ourselves, collaborate, and better understand ways to look after our well-being as well as supporting the well-being of
2: others.
1: Oh. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think that's where we connect. Isn't that Barbara over those topics as well? I think that's where we've got really, yeah. I've really enjoyed exploring them with you as well. So yeah.
1: Well, you brought me in several times when you were talking about empathy. And I was like, oh, I love this, I love this, I love this. So welcome so much to my show. And I I in fact I can't wait till people learn about you. Um there's a lot that know about you already, but let's just
2: spread it out a little bit. Why don't you tell a little bit about your background? Thank you so much, Barbara, for letting me come onto your show. I think I've been listening to it for a long time and like exploring your topics. So I think for me, I'm like pinching myself that you're inviting me onto your show today. <laughs> so thank you so much for yeah, the invitation. And yes, yeah, so, I'm um, hello. I'm Naomi Tolan. For those who know me and those who don't, but I'm originally from Derry in Ireland, and I've travelled all around the world, like Barbara said empathy and well-being and all all different things like that and I think for me the big part for me is that empathy piece is understanding people and so travel for me has really opened my eyes to the different perspectives from all across the globe and the reason I love empathy so much is because the more we can understand each other the more we can understand ourselves the more we can move forward together and try and explore new topics together too so yeah that's I'm excited to do that today with you as well.
1: (laughs) Oh I I love it in fact um you said some things. I think it was. Um, I can't remember now. I think when I asked you a little bit about you when you were growing up, you you said you liked to play school with your teddies.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that right? I've been a teacher since day dot. So my like my my, my siblings got taught so the, the blackboard of me sitting down and making them sit down with me. My teddies got taught. I was yeah. I've always wanted to be a teacher. Always wanted to be in charge. Like if like of like my own learning as well as other people's learning and exploring that. And I think. Yeah, I think being an eldest sibling probably plays a factor in that too. I'm the oldest. How Mm -hmm.
1: many siblings do you have? Uh, Two. Two younger. Two? Yeah. I have three younger sisters. Mm. So no, they didn't want me to teach them. I I don't
2: think mine did either, but I think I I got them involved.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's so fun. So... You decided you wanted to be a teacher. How did that happen? I mean, you—you, you, I know that you've had a lot of journeys, mm-hmm. but share a little bit of why you—you know—how you got into teaching and some things that you've been doing.
2: Um, so, I think for me, like I said, it's always really been part of. I really loved being part of people like being around people being around others like exploring what people like what people don't like i think for me i always share the fact that when we're at the airports, one of my favorite places to be because i wonder what people are doing where they're going what they're what's happening with them and i think i'm really interested in how people work and so that's always been a part of me and and like that travel and piece exploring so whenever i was younger my, me and my family used to go in the caravan together and um, we used to go around and explore all around ireland and i think that got me interested in exploring, but also meeting new people, exploring new places, understand different things. I think all those different factors fed into, I was, yeah, I went to university at 18 um, to become a teacher and yeah, went into teaching at 21. So it, I just, always, yeah, it's always been my my path and my journey and my interest. So you went to school in Ireland? Yeah. Yeah. I went to school in Ireland and then went to university in England. So mm. did you teach there in England? Yeah, in England. So I moved to, moved to London for my teach for a teaching post. I always wanted to be in the big, big city lights, big, big, um, big, big exploration in London. But I think that's where it all started with empathy. Is once I got to my first year of teaching, it kind of made me feel like I was a big drop. So I'd always wanted to be a teacher. i always wanted to do all those things, but I didn't realize how many hats, how many diff, how, how many struggles of mm-hmm. all there was to be a teacher but also how great it was and so my first year of teaching i took a really big dip so i didn't really know what i was doing didn't know why i was doing it and i think that played a big part in me understanding myself and i think for me i started to want to always be perfect i think as a teacher sometimes we always want to keep control of what's going on but the more i let go of what the control was in, in my own self and have empathy for me and that's why i kind of share is, yes, I'm empathetic towards others, but also it's like the empathy for ourselves. So I was trying to be this person mm-hmm. who I wasn't. And I think that was like a big part. Sometimes when I talk to teachers, they're trying to be something because they've always had expectations for themselves and others. But the more I try and help teachers understand that you're where you're at, how can we take the next step to get to the next place where you want to be at rather than being so hard on ourselves. And that's like, that was a really big part of my first couple of years of teaching.
1: You told me that it, that was tough for you. I mean I, I was looking back at some of the things we talked about and yeah. and how you even I know I was I had some tough times yeah.
2: but you mentioned something about you felt like a failure like it was it was quite tricky like I think my first year teaching, I expected once I got out of university, I was like, OK, I'm ready now. I'm going to know everything. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to have my class perfect, perfect, perfect. And it's going to be amazing. And I think that was where the failure was, is when my expectations didn't meet where I was actually mm. at the start. And I think the process of becoming a teacher, like for me and our process, it was kind of like you had to be outstanding or the grading system of being a teacher you'll- Always wanted to be this perfect teacher, and I think it's actually about the same as the learners. We want to have like that learning process for the learners, but learning process to be a teacher. And I think like that—that really, I was a failure in my own eyes, but not in other people's eyes. I think um there was a meeting with my head teacher in my first year after all my first observations. I was crying. I was like, couldn't stop crying, couldn't stop crying because I was so disappointed in myself. And he he said to me, said eventually you'll become you'll want to be observed to do your learning. But this minute in time, you're just being so hard on yourself. Like there's all these things that went well, but you're not seeing them because you're only focusing on the the negative parts. And I don't know if I could have changed that because like that was my journey that I had to go on. But I think for me, trying to help newly qualified teachers now is really trying to help them have perspective on their own journey. Because we have we help learners have perspective on their journey as well. So, yeah. Wow, that's... You know, you're showing your vulnerability.
1: I mean, that's part of empathy too. It's and that empathy for yourself. That's really. I mean, at such a young age, you learned that. Because some, it took me some time. I'm I'm a perfection. I think a lot of teachers are perfectionists. That's why they go in. They they want to do it right, and then they're told to teach certain things. And let's just be real that there's so much on their plates
2: that I, nobody can really do it right right I think think that's what it is it's like it's having high expectations for yourself and others but it's knowing Mm -hmm. that it's okay to not get there all the time I think that's what because I wouldn't Mm want to not have high expectations for myself and others but it's knowing it's expectations versus acceptance so like accepting that some days aren't going to be like that. It's accepting where you're at versus where you want to get to. And I think that's that journey, like that process is what we talked about before is like the three P's that I kind of I've got to for myself is possibilities, process and perseverance. And so like yeah. those that's kind of where why I've got to those is because process for me is just so important rather than trying to get there, get there, get there. It's the process of getting there. And that's a really big part of the journey too. So, yeah.
1: So you were in London How long were you there before you just had that itch to travel? Because you kept telling me you had to travel,
2: right? Yeah, I think like, well, I had the itch probably the whole way through. I think I remember when me and my partner in the first year, I was sitting on the doorstep and he was like, you know me, it's going to be okay. We will go eventually. (laughs) I was like, no, I need to go today. I need to go tomorrow. But we had three years in London teaching. Um, And then myself and my partner took uh, three months um, traveling around South America. Um, and then we did three years in New Zealand and then we've just had a year in Japan and now we're coming back. Just, we're in quarantine currently. We're locked up in quarantine in New Zealand. I'm um, coming back to, the, yeah, come back to teaching here as well. So mm.
1: Wow. Well, I knew you when you were in Japan. And so just trying to get our time zones together was tough. This one we worked out, but it was tough, you know, and I love New Zealand. I visited it and I'd live there in a minute. What, you're in Auckland. Yeah, in Auckland. Yeah, we're currently in Rotorua
2: um, doing our quarantine, but Auckland's where we're going to be based.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, and you told me that the quarantine is pretty tough there because they're keeping the numbers down. They're really watching what they're doing and making sure people are safe. That's not happening everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. So, you're in a good place right now.
2: Very lucky. Yeah, yeah. very lucky to be here. Yeah. You missed. Except you missed the Olympics. You were just there. <laughs> no, and I think we actually were talking about that before we left. We were like, oh, we're leaving the place that actually has the Olympics in Tokyo. But um, the thing is, like, there's no spectators in Tokyo at the minute. Yeah. Like, so yeah. we're watching the same as what we'd be watching only. It was quite cool, though. Whenever it was the first day of the opening ceremony, our little house had a little balcony and we could see the highland, the, the jet planes all going around in the sky, making the Olympic rings. So it was quite Aww. nice to pick up the ceremony like, outside as well, which is quite cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Did you see that big dome
2: that they made with the drone? No, no, that's that was like the empathy piece. Going back into living in a country that doesn't speak your language, I think for me, it really makes me really empathize for people who don't speak the language in the current the country that they're actually living in. Because we must have missed so much things because we couldn't watch really the news, we couldn't really understand what the, uh. <laughs> what the what the things were. So I think like it was it was opening for me to have that experience in the country but we missed that unfortunately because we didn't know it was actually happening so
1: <laughs> isn't that amazing well you told me about perseverance mm. something that I just I was blown away kickboxing <laughs> now I mean first you have to just kind of tell
2: us why
1: <laughs> and then what happened okay <gasps>
2: So yeah, going back yeah, the idea of perseverance, persevering in a different country, persevering in kickboxing. And I think it goes back to the thing I talked about was like I was always wanting to be this perfectionist, trying to like get there, get there, get there. But the process is a really important part that I realize now myself. So every year or every couple of months, I try and challenge myself to something. So rather than trying to be perfect at something, I try and go to the very, very bottom, the complete novice, the complete like unknown. And um, so in 2019, uh, I found, I was looking for a challenge again. And I found this this thing online, which was about um, learn how to have an MMA fight in 20 weeks. And so I was like, oh, that, that looks like it might be a challenge.
0: Because I have done anything like that before.
2: So, um, yeah, so I I went. But the thing is, before going in to the actual training, so you had to go there and you had to like sign up and you had to like go through like a little um initial initiation to see if you were right for them and they were right for you. And before going there, I remember sitting in my car being like, why are you doing this? Like, you're going to go in there, they're going to think you're stupid, they're going to think you're terrible, like all those negative things that go in your head before you do something like unknown. Mm -hmm. and um, I think that empathy piece again empathizing for myself but also empathizing for others so like whenever my learners are going through the unknown I'm really that's obviously I could be something they're thinking in their heads and so I remember sitting in my car I was like no you want to do this challenge this is something you want to do so I went in all these big burly men and like all these amazing fit women and all these different things like I was like oh what am I doing here whenever I was actually in there but I think fast forward through the whole journey that perseverance part is that I had to wake up every morning at five o'clock to go to a 5.30 class every single morning for 20 weeks. And I had the ups and downs of going through the fight. But like that why that you're asking is because I wanted to see myself grow. Like that's that's a big part of empathetic educators and empathy for me is growth. And actually like starting from the worries and the hate and like the unknown in my own head. And those thoughts were still there. Mm-hmm. But the more I got better, the more that I could see myself Persevering and growing and trusting the process, I actually seeing myself get better and better. And the thoughts changed, like my perspective changed towards me, which was, yeah, which is a good, a good, a good process, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. I saw pictures. Do you have videos of you doing this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. You, are you brave enough to put one up on the yes, post that goes with this? Uh, yeah, oh, my I'll, I'll God. <laughs> that is so cool. I mean, I've always thought, I, I thought, boxing or or even i don't know about kickboxing i'm kind of old i don't know if i can get my leg up there but i <laughs> but i did get some you know like a thing so i could box i thought ah oh, i'll get strong you know so maybe you're gonna push me to push myself a little bit more because i love that is such a cool thing
2: I think, well, like like you said, like the the, the physical a- aspects of it, where you're uh-huh. acting your like your anger out or your frustration out and things like that, which is a great thing for the boxing yeah. and the MMA. Um, yeah, for me it was the mental strength that it changed. Like, I think for me, we had like trainers. I was very lucky that the boxing gym that I was in, Um, for anyone who knows MMA, that was like city kickboxing. So there's a lot of big names like Israel Adesanya and things like that were actually training there. And so our coach, um, Eugene Barman, he actually was training the big names. And we were talking about what mental strength it takes to like hold yourself accountable and be in the cage. And, and I think that's why I really, really took away from it is the mental side of it was like, even before I got in the cage, I was like, what am I doing? I look back now and I'm like, I got in a cage. <laughs> I don't even know if I could do it right now, <laughs> but, um, but it's wow. the mental strength of it. And the mental journey, so like like two weeks before I had the fight, I came home and I said to Rob, nope, not doing it. No, thank you. I don't know why I've done what I'm doing. (laughs) That's what's happening. (laughs) Crying my eyes out, being like, why am I having an MMA fight? And then we we had a talk. He was like, do you want to go to the gym? And like, then you'll get back yourself back around again. So we we actually went to the gym that evening and he, like, we done a bit of training. And so getting yourself, it kind of showed me the process of having doubts towards yourself, having empathy for Mm. yourself. Be like it's okay to have, have the downs, but, keep pushing forward, keep going forward. And that that's like a big, mm-hmm. yeah, a big part of the process that you go through.
1: Well, that is, I mean, I that's a big thing. So, you know, a lot of us when you get older, you kind of have a bucket list of all the things that you would like to do. I'm just curious what's your next thing
2: then? Do you know what? I think like the reason why I do what I do which is kind of a little bit more rude, but not like I think it's good like I think my bucket list I I picture myself being an older person quite a lot like I picture myself I want to be like a a woman older who's who doesn't have regrets I think like I'm like whenever I think about stuff where I'm like oh uh, I don't want to do this. I'm nervous. I'd be like, what happens when you're older and you look back? Do you not want to do that? Or do you want to do that? And I think that's what kind of pushes me forward to take the challenge and take the next step. Hmm. Is I think about being an old woman, having stories and sharing the stories and like undoing all those things. I think like, yeah, I think that's why I do what I do. So I don't really know what my next, I feel that's I was actually on a with this the other day. I feel like a lot of stuff that I wanted to do has been ticked at the minute, which is really nice. So I think um, mm-hmm. the next step for me is probably empathetic educators in my professional life of like wondering what I can do in that space and and taking it forward into the world, using my experiences to then transfer that into like the world of education and things like that too. So that's kind of my next.
1: Okay. Well, we got to go there then. Let's talk <laughs> about the empathetic educators. That's amazing you set that up. Yeah, So
2: empathetic educators for me is like, Like I've loved the fact that you've been on it. People across the world have been on it. And I think that empathy piece and that process piece, empathy for me means that you're understanding the person in front of you. And it's come Mm -hmm. from my passion for like the learners. So like I've worked with learners who find learning challenging. A lot of my learners who end up in my class asked because I've asked for them are the ones who maybe aren't getting on so well in school or maybe that they're finding other Mm. places challenging and I've been like in a part of a Senko team part of like the leadership team in my old school in Stonefields, because I really want to allow learners to feel seen and heard like that's like that's my big big part and that's why I've connected so much to your work and what you do is um one of like your your projects that you were doing with like designing real learning and understanding learning I think that's why I really connected to your work is because it is the understanding piece. How do we meet the learners where they're at? How do we understand them? How do we get that? And I think that's what really connects me to empathy. So my first year of teaching, like I said, I had empathy for myself. But I was also in a school where, in an area where learners were going through so much at home, so much horrible home life that like I wouldn't even wish on my worst enemy, Never mind like the learners who are actually five years old going through it. And I think that's what made me a perspective. If the learners are coming in, having that much stuff going on at home or in their outside environments, having empathy for them to come in, and how can we make that learning? What does that mean for them in the learning space? And so that's then transferred into all my learning for empathetic educators is trying to have perspectives for ourselves and for others um, around us as well. So,
0: yeah. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode.
1: Because I've always worked in Title I schools, which they call it, you know, with marginalized populations and um, realize that you, you, you need to understand the families, the culture, where people come from. And that's what empathy is all about, is that you're... They say putting your shoes on, you know, their shoes on. I always say you got to take your shoes off first because you don't really, you go into certain places with expectations, like you said, or biases or it's certain perceptions of people that you don't even, you're not even sure until you get there. So I, I love this idea of the empathetic educators and us working together to really help ourselves do that because I've been trying for a long time, but I still especially now, we seem to have lost that compassion and understanding, and we really need to get that back.
2: And I think like I, I, like I completely agree, and I think the only way that I can see that is by taking a step back and understand the person in front of you to begin with and then but also looking inward. I think sometimes we always like try and understand the outside versions, but We always bring what we have to the table and sometimes that can be positive or negative. So I think Mm -hmm. for me, like you're saying about what's next on my bucket list. I think for me, my bucket list now is about understanding empathy. What does that actually mean? Because I agree, like the world at the minute is lacking empathy as a whole. Like I need a big hug. I think like the world is so it's so the world needs a like, hug.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: that's like what I and mean, like every person in it is is kind of facing a lot of challenges. Mm-hmm. Either we even if we came on this show, we talked about so many people who have gone through challenges due to COVID. Never mind any other day-to-day life struggles. COVID has created so much of a layer on top of it. But mm-hmm. I think it's a layer also of connection. I think for me, like that that. Like we, you came on EE um, Conquest talking about be- connections and beyond. It's like I think that's so such a powerful stories of what you and Stephanie and Tracy talked about in the AE Conquest about how you connected in three different places with three different different experiences, three different perspectives, three different cohorts of people involved. But you created something magical, like with those three different. They did.
1: Mm. They keep bringing me in. All yeah. I did was open the door for them, and yeah, you know I'm a connector. Open.
2: If the door wasn't open, it would not happen. So like that's- Oh, like
1: cool. they're just amazing. Mm-hmm. I just, see, that I'm a connector. So are you. And um, I've been doing this for a long, long, long time because I feel, um, you know, some people know the bigger picture. I kind of know when someone comes up to me, like, so, oh, you need to know this person. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I just kind of have that feeling. And, um, and, but when it comes to empathy- -hmm. You said it. We still need to know more about it, and yeah. yeah. And I, I had someone on my show called Julie. Her name is Julianna Taffer. She's a film director. She, she created a film all about listening, and it was basically she's the one that said about empathy. You know, get in someone else's shoes, but take the shoes off first. It wasn't my thing that said it. She said it, and when I heard that, I went, "That is perfect." Mm -hmm. Because we have our biases and we don't even know it. It's just there. And being able to... Well, I need to tell you. Bear with me. This is something. I went to London and I saw Stones in Your Pocket. That It's a play that's an Irish play. And that was the night I just landed. And when I was there, I didn't understand a word they were saying because I didn't understand the Irish broke. It was... <laughs> and I said when you started talking I went oh no I hope I can understand everything she's saying (laughs) and I can but see that was my bias right there I was thinking that I wouldn't be able to understand it because I fell asleep (laughs) during that play well you're still awake now so that's good at least you're awake in this podcast (laughs) I always tell it I try to make my podcast more like a conversation, like we're sitting on the porch talking. This is really like that. (laughs) I feel like I've learned a lot about you. And I, I still want to talk about you. You left Japan and now you're in quarantine in New Zealand. But what is, tell about your job there, what you're going to be doing yeah,
2: so I think like, yeah, I, I totally agree. That's why I feel like whenever we talk as well, in all different conversations, it feels like we're on your porch, just having a wee coffee, having a wee tea and just like, yeah, just having a wee chat. Nice. I love it, um, I love yeah. it. So whenever I um, come back to New Zealand, like I said, I think I listened to your um your podcast with Derek and that again goes back to your connections of of people like Derek from Core Education and um such a big, big part of, of New Zealand and the future of New Zealand. Oh, I, I love them. Um, yeah. It was such a good session and really, really, um, yeah, really, really I uh, great takeaways from that. But New Zealand as a whole, for me, moving from all different places and experiencing education in all different places, I think education in New Zealand has a really great future. Um, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to weave together, all the different things that they're trying to deal with and, and understand. And so, mm-hmm. so never me and my partner were in Japan, we loved that. We loved our experience there. But we kind of seen New Zealand as our next step. We said, like, was, this is where we can see ourselves moving forward. Like I said, my bucket list now is more of a professional bucket list and also leads into personal. But, um, like, I really want to understand how they're trying to move forward in education. So I'm really excited. Um, I've got a, a position, um, a head teacher in a preschool. Um, So, like, that's I'm really excited for that position because I think preschool for me, um, my training has been in early years. Cause I really think like the early years is how we get our foundations, how we, how we, the person who we are as an adult We're all I think like, I love this quote, we're all just children running around pretending to be grown up. I think that's like, <laughs> I think, like, like that's a, well, that's the way I am. And anyway. I'll put my hands up and say, that's definitely me. But um, mm-hmm. like, I think like that, that foundations that we can give to kids has such a big uh, implication on like the, like the next stages in primary school, and the next stages in secondary school, and the next stages in life. And, I think I'm really interested in how we can really, really build those foundations in early years. Um, so yeah, I think like that's where I want to see. And I'm really excited for that leadership part because I think part of my empathetic educators is empathy as teachers, empathy as learners, and empathy as leaders. And so I want to explore more into that leadership area is how can we have empathy for our community? Um, and me as a leader in that space. So I have to walk the walk in that space of what I'm trying to understand. So yeah. So when I went. Um it was in
1: 2017 I spent several weeks mm. and I worked in north the north island I worked in Hamilton area with University of Wakato, but I had to learn mm. Maori and because mm. the Maori culture is so um it's so important in New Zealand and so I'm curious when you I mean I can I, I visited 20 schools so if if you want to know some of the schools they
2: they were just amazing um, I would love yeah I think that, well that's a lot about our connection because I I'd known of um like Derek and his work with um core education like you said you learn but I love mm-hmm. like, exploring because you, you've interviewed too I, I can't remember what the lady's name is again Um, the one who's in the North Island um the very top of
1: oh uh Lee Hines was yeah. one of the ones yes. but uh, Anne Canelli is uh works with core ed now mm-hmm. and um she she's a, she's a kick you gotta mm-hmm. meet her
2: you're the connector so i'll definitely become yeah
1: a yeah well there's so That's many yeah. wonderful people it's just i just fell in love with new zealand and so i think you're you're very lucky to work there well um we could talk all day but i really <laughs> want to be able to ha- talk a few more things and one is you have you have
2: several podcasts you have empathetic educators right so I have empathetic educators is like the the umbrella. So that's like the, the umbrella? Like, you're okay. like, we think learning is like your sp- thing. But I think for empathetic educators, I kind of talk about the power is within our grasp. So the grasp is like an anagram for growth, relationships, accountability, challenge, systems and perspectives. And so those six themes weave through empathetic educators as a whole. And like I think that's what I'm trying to explore is like all different areas through a lens of let's get nerdy. So I say like, let's get nerdy with each other. The powers in our grasp, let's get nerdy. And so the nerdy again is an anagram for neuroscience, empathy, relationships, design thinking and psychology. And so under that umbrella of Empathetic Educators, that's where the five nerdy parts come into. So sometimes the sessions are all about neuroscience. Sometimes sessions are all about psychology. Sometimes sessions are all about design thinking and relationships and things like that. So there is different elements to it, but they all weave into each other through the themes of growth relationships, accountability, challenges, and systems, and perspectives.
1: Wow. It's GRAS, G-R-A-S, but you said challenges. So
2: G R A, uh huh, C S P. So grass challenges and what was the S systems?
1: Ah, I I'm sitting here trying to grab it, and but I know that you said nerdy, and I know what those were, and I was just like, (coughs) you're just a kick. I see all of those things I'm interested in. I've been studying a lot on mindset and Mm. empathy and through and psychology. I have. I read psychology, you know, today and all of the magazines and everything. But um, you brought a lot of people together. You mentioned it earlier on the Mm e-conquest. There was how many people were on that? It was a 12 hour.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it was just all people together on the, uh, the different people who came on. But we had loads of people coming on. From all across the world, in the in the chat yeah. as well. So I was I was I was it was a very exciting time. So like like I was so honored to have people like yourself on, or people from all across the world. And I think for me, going back to those topics of the grasp element, I think like empathy for me, that's where I've got to is those six things are what I feel leads to empathy. So if we can empathize with growth and the growth of each other, then we're going to have empathy to understand the process of growing together. Obviously yeah. relationships, that relationship piece of connecting to each other has empathy with each other too. Accountability for me is accountability for ourselves as well as having other people helpful, accountable for each other. So the empathy mm-hmm. is that if you're understanding yourself and you'll hold yourself accountable to actually like, go forward. And so like those, those elements that I kind of explored in the e-conquest, we explored that through all the different topics that we talked about. And I think that's the conversations for me, same as yourself, like how you have conversations with all different people. That that's how we end up having more perspective and, and questioning. Oh, that's my thought, but is that what I want to keep in my head, or is that what I want to change through this conversation? And like mm-hmm. you say, taking your shoes off when you have the conversation, but but not putting them away. Do you know? I think like I really like that analogy because it's like those shoes are important. They're not. You don't just toss them away. You just take them no, no, them no, off. no. You, just I so, really so you
1: can them. really understand. Yeah, yeah which and is listen. So
2: good so you have like your shoes beside you but you understand like your shoes and my shoes mean something because we've walked somewhere else but then we are trying to take them off to understand each other through conversations which is a like, yes yeah, such a powerful thing so e-conquest for me was like a big big 12 hour a day journey of conversations to understand people across the world
1: mm-hmm. and you stayed up that whole time I was, of I, I was watching you toward the I mean I couldn't stay in the end because you had Derek on the end so that's yeah it, um which was three in the morning for me. So sorry, <laughs> I don't know how you did it, but but I thought that is very cool and you'll probably do it again. Which is, it, yeah, it, well, the thing is you pushed yourself yeah. just like you did with kickboxing. You challenged yourself to try something new to put on your own basically a conference for people to actually have these conversations. And I mean, that's something I've been wanting to do. I'm just too tired right now to do it. So I have to pull this all together with your why, Mm -hmm. because I know uh, we've already talked about it, but I just want you to share that.
2: Mm I think my why, so my, my vision for empathetic educators is human connection, a grown human connection through empathy and awareness. Mm -hmm. And then the action of that is igniting the light of people inside of them to then ignite the light in others. And I think that's like, that's where like a little video in Empathetic Educators is people passing on the human torch. Because mm. I feel like sometimes if our light is like really dark and really dim, then we can't share the light with others because then that's like, it's not going to ignite that. But if we can try and ignite the light inside of ourselves to then ignite the light in others, that's going to make. whole world a bit of a better place and i think that's where um, and that's the vision my my why is yeah igniting the light for the world
1: Mm oh that's so beautiful i'm just picturing the picture i want to put on the graphic at the top which is that either the torch (laughs) passing the torch or igniting the light Mm -hmm. you're amazing Mm -hmm. you did it you're just you're leading the way and it's amazing what you've done so far in your life, and you're going to be doing so much more. Way, way, way before you become an old lady like me.
2: <laughs> I, look, if I if I can be anything like what you're doing, Barbara, I'll be very, very, very proud of myself. So yeah, you're, you're a nice light others. So yeah. <laughs> oh
1: no, you're beautiful, Naomi. And this has been just really delightful. I now is I just got to make sure I didn't leave any. Oh. How can people reach you? What's the best way to get you know to contact you if somehow they miss the post that we pulled together?
2: So I'm really grateful for coming on the show. Thank you so much, and I'm really grateful for Empathetic Educators because, like you say, I'm really happy I'm part of myself. But it wouldn't be possible without all the people involved and all the amazingness of Empathetic Educators. So you can find me on Twitter at Naomi underscore Toland, um, and you have these amazing community. Such Thinking going on there at hashtag empathetic underscore educators. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn. Naomi Toland and uh, on Instagram, naomi.m.t. So that's kind of where I'm mostly on is, is Twitter and Instagram and just trying to explore a bit more of like LinkedIn. LinkedIn's really cool. So that community again is um really powerful as well. So yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I'm there. I, I saw you there. Yep. <laughs> and, and so we'll put all of this information along with, um, actually, you said a few new ones that I don't have. So we'll make sure that we have all that listed so people can come to the posts. With all the pictures, the kickboxing video, the <laughs> links to eConquest and all the things is so beautiful. Thank, Thank you so much, much, Naomi. This was wonderful. Loved it. Thank you. Thank you, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. And you take care. And I will keep in touch. Thank you, Barbara. This is Barbara Bray. Thank you for listening to the Rethinking Learning Podcast and my conversation with Naomi Tolan. Make sure you check out the blog post that goes with this podcast because it includes the show notes with links, pictures, and so much more about Naomi, empathetic educators, and all the other things we talked about. Please subscribe to my Rethinking Learning Podcast. It would be awesome if you wrote a review. Also, I hope you subscribe to my website at barbabray.net so you receive updates and more amazing podcasts. Thank you again for listening. Keep sharing your story and please stay safe and be well.